Huawei's trust problem deepens, a Huawei executive's first-hand take on 5G and security concerns, and a story of ransomware down under. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. A bipartisan group of lawmakers has introduced a bill to help US telecommunications providers rip and replace any Chinese-built networking equipment. The move comes as many experts warn that using Huawei or ZTE 5G equipment poses an unacceptable national security risk. With the story, it's ISMG's executive editor, Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz. Walk, don't run to adopt 5G. That's a message being promulgated by many security experts who warn that moving too quickly could lead to countries adopting equipment that fails to comply with global vendor-agnostic 5G standards. And it could also pose a risk to their national security. Such warnings come as many technology experts remain bullish about 5G's potential transformative power. When you look at 5G, it really does mean a faster capability to drive transmission and data rates to to levels we've never seen before. It also means less latency. That's Chris Comiskey, who formerly served as Undersecretary for Management at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Comiskey was speaking at a September 24th press conference held by Washington-based consultancy Cambridge Global Advisors, who Comiskey advises. The kinds of delays that uh, we experienced in the past would be eliminated under the high-frequency uh, form of 5G, which I think all of us are trying to get to when you look at the explosion of technology around the potential of uh, autonomous vehicles, industrial robotics. There's no room for latency in those pipelines. And then the third part of it is really IoT proliferation. The notion that whether it's uh, devices that are hanging off the networks or sensor capabilities in various platforms, the capability of 5G to handle that kind of massive infusion of IoT devices is also a real benefit of this. When it comes to warnings about 5G, many focus on Huawei. The Chinese manufacturing giant currently controls the market for 5G equipment. Experts say Huawei doesn't shy away from using this early mover advantage, marketing itself to telecommunications carriers across the world with the promise that if they adopt Huawei's relatively low-cost equipment, they can best their competition by being among the first to offer 5G. Speaking at the same press conference as Comiskey was Tom Ridge, who served as the first U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security from 2003 to 2005. Ridge, who now provides strategic consulting services in no uncertain terms, recommends that the U.S. and allied nations avoid Chinese-built telecommunications gear at all costs. When a known adversary who has been responsible for economic espionage, for surveillance, uh, for the theft of intellectual property, and that known adversary is uh, committed to moving quickly and aggressively and is willing to spend billions of dollars to uh, uh, to accelerate its growth of the technology that can give it both economic and ultimately potentially geopolitical, disproportionate geopolitical influence. I think that's a time when somebody like uh, Senator Warner suggested to me we look, better look a little bit differently at uh, the role 
and the engagement of the public and private sector in this space. And uh, so I share that point of view. But in the U.S. and other countries, many telecommunications carriers have already adopted equipment built by Huawei in particular because it's relatively inexpensive. Given the growing national security risk that this appears to pose, Congress has been exploring how to help. And Federal Communications Commission Commissioner Jeffrey Starks, for one, has also been urging lawmakers to help smaller and rural telecommunications providers in particular to replace their Chinese-built equipment. On that front, in July, the Senate passed a bill authorizing $700 million for a replacement fund. A bipartisan House bill, introduced last month, would do the same, albeit via a $1 billion fund. Whatever form such assistance ultimately takes, Ridge says the time to act is now. I guess if you're asking me if as a priority within the federal government, if I think that working together with our allies, the infusion of significant dollars, call them defense dollars, security dollars, into the acceleration along with the significant private sector investment that already exists, I would say yes, absolutely yes. We don't have a moment to lose, period. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. On the subject of Huawei, one of the speakers at last week's ISMG Cybersecurity Summit in Toronto was Olivera Zatazalo, Chief Security Officer with Huawei Technologies Canada. ISMG's SVP of Editorial, Tom Field, got the chance to sit down with Oliveira to chat about 5G and security, and kicked off the discussion by asking, what's most misunderstood about 5G? Here's Oliveira. I think it's important that people understand that 5G technology is going to be built on the top of 4G technologies. And I think it's very important that people need to understand that we have been spending a lot of time understanding security risk and threats in the 4G reference architecture. And all that knowledge has been built into the 5G reference architecture. So I think it is very important to understand that 5G is going to be more secure than 4G because we are building it on 4G, we understand the issues in 4G, and we're going to be addressing it in 5G. So fact is, we are going to see new services, we are going to see new technologies in 5G, and these new services and new technologies, they are bringing new security issues. But all these issues are already addressed in the cybersecurity risk management framework, and uh, I strongly believe that every other generation of the mobile network is going to be more secure than the previous one. As a security officer, what are the security concerns that you have top of mind as we move to 5G? That's a very interesting question. So uh, I personally feel very passionate about cybersecurity because uh, I understand it inside out. In my previous job, I used to build the networks, and I understand how do you build the network and how you secure the network. And for me, securing the network is just following the recipe when you are cooking. Like, you have over 500 controls, 17 different domains. You go, you implement one-on-one. So do I have concerns 
um, I think it's important just to make sure people are educated, they're working with a standards body, they're implementing all recommended controls, and then we'll live and we'll learn. Like, you cannot prevent everything. Every day we have a zero-day vulnerability. But uh, it's important to have vulnerability management plan. It's important to scan your network, to learn early about that, and then fix it. So I think proper security management and operation plan is very important. You have that in place, you can sleep well at night. Finally, with the focus on ransomware hitting our own turf, one can overlook the fact that this is a global scourge that is afflicting all industries and professions, no matter where. With an Antipodean story on a recent attack, here's ISMG's Managing Editor, Security and Technology, Jeremy Cook. Ransomware has taken a toll on schools and hospitals in the U.S. This week, Australia saw a significant ransomware strike that hit two large medical networks in the state of Victoria. The infections hit the Gippsland Health Service and the Southwest Rural Alliance, or SWOR. SWOR alone covers 23,000 square miles extending from Melbourne West. The two health networks shared IT systems, which is likely why the ransomware spread so rapidly. The infections caused the shutdown of patient booking and financial systems. At least one hospital has reverted to using paper-based systems, but so far the infections haven't disrupted emergency services. Luckily, the Victorian government says there's no suggestion that personal patient information has been accessed. Australia has experienced notable incidents of likely state-sponsored hacking and has been undertaking measures to put itself on a better defensive footing. Aiding in the response is the Victorian Cyber Incident Response Service, which was set up three years ago to support the government and the public. Also involved is the Australian Cyber Security Centre, which is part of the Australian Signals Directorate, and Victorian Police. Ransomware doesn't give victims a lot of options, especially if there are no backups. Backups are a better alternative to paying the attackers, which increasingly is becoming common. A report in ProPublica recently showed that insurance companies will sometimes pay ransoms if that's the easiest path to recovery. Also, some forensic firms were found to be negotiating and paying ransoms on behalf of clients to gain the decryption key. It appeared that Australia wasn't going to go that route. David Cullen heads the Victorian government Cyber Incident Response Service. He told ABC Radio Melbourne that attackers managed to bypass security controls. Cullen didn't say outright whether the facilities had backups, but he alluded that those may be in place. He said, Ransomware is not the be-all and end-all for us, and neither should it be for any organization, as there's plenty of advice on what to do right. Backup data regularly and have a plan in place for the inevitable. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.